On this episode of the Joseph Cortez Show, we interview my good friend, Rick Modine, better known as the People's Barber. Rick is an entrepreneur here on Corpus Christi with multiple businesses. He's going to share his story of how he went from being a struggling student in school into the military and to being a successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses and a worldwide reach on social media and in his training business. Uh, as always, if you like the show, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and on with the show. Let's get going to talk to Rick Modine, the People's Barber. It's the Joseph Cortez Show. I'm Joseph Cortez, your host. And today, Gen V is back in the Hola. saddle. Hola. And with us, we have author of the book Flawless, owner of the Flawless Barbershop, master wall educator, world traveler, and all around good dude, Rick Modine. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. The myth, the man, the legend. The legend. Yeah. <laughs> Honored to be here. I always <laughs> wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, so we're kind of talking off air a little bit about Rick's story, which we're going to cover here today, and how he. Uh, had a little bit of time after high school, I guess, but you, gra- you almost graduated early. You had a half a semester or ha- a semester where you started college early. Huh? Yeah. So uh, I went, like I said, I went to college and then I uh, flunked every class, 20s and 30s, and really did try. I did really try. I went to tutoring. I went to, you know, to the labs. Just unfortunately, college, at that point, I realized I don't think this is really for me. Right. So uh, Army recruiter just so happened to call me at the exact time I saw my report card. <laughs> yeah, timing. perfect timing, right? And he said, hey, Rick, you interested in uh, joining the U.S. Army? And I was like, no dice. And he said, well, we actually have what we call 100% tuition and, you know, this GI Bill and all this other stuff. And I was like, so explain what all this means. He's like, it means we'll pay for your college in full and we'll pay you to go to college. And I'm like, hmm, maybe if I get paid to go to school, I can do better. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have a job and things of that nature. So I said, you know what? All right, I'm game. Went and talked to him, and uh, unfortunately, at the time, I was 17. Oh, I so a little so young. So he's like, yeah, we need mom and dad's permission. So I went home, talked to mom and dad, said, hey, this is what I want to do. And dad was like, why? Mom was just like, no, 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 right? Dad was like, why? And I was like, well, they're going to pay for my college. And that's the crazy thing. My dad was already working his regular eight to five. Yeah. Working side part-time gigs, you know, remodeling houses, things of that nature, from 5.30 till probably midnight. Getting home around 11, 11 midnight, right? Yeah, he's still a hard working oh, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, at that, he's like, nope, if you're doing it for college money, you will not join the Army. And I was like, well, Dad, who's going to pay for my college? He said, me. Wow. He said, I'll get another job. And I was like, from oh when? God. And he was like, overnight. <laughs> I'll work from midnight to 5 in the morning. And I was like, when are you going to sleep? He's like, no, nah, I'll sleep a couple of hours and then go to work again. But you're my responsibility. You're not the government's responsibility. I'm going to take care of you. Any more guys like, like that right now. <laughs> I was like, wow. So we slept on it, and then I started thinking about it and going to my grandma, talking to my grandma, and my uncle was in the Army, and I talked to him a little bit about it. He's like, no, it's a great opportunity. You can travel the world, things like that. So I went back to my dad about a week later. I said, hey, Dad, I really think this is different than college. That was the initial reaction, but I think now it's more for the experience. And he's like, if that's the case, then yes. He's like, but I will not let you do it for the money. I was like, okay. So they signed. I ended up taking off in October. Went to the army, did my thing. Um, during that time frame, 
I loved everything about the army, right? Like, I, I initially went in going to be a cook. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, I was like, that's the only job they said I qualified for, right? Like, <laughs> the ASVAT test, in order to join the military, I'm telling you guys, when it comes to book work, that is not me. The ASVAT test, in order to join any military branch, the minimum you can make is a 31. I made a 31. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I was right there. So they offered me, they said, the only job you qualify is a cook. It's the only job we can give you. I was like, I'm game. Like, I don't care, right? Well, I end up going to MEPS, and then MEPS, they tell me, oh, um, we have a clerk position. Do you want that one? And it has a $5,000 bonus. I said, what's a clerk? Sold. And they're like, you just do paperwork, office. I'm like, shoot, heck yeah, I'd rather do that. So that's what I end up doing. Um, loved every minute about the military. Loved everything. During training, we were actually, we were getting uh, demobbed to Afghanistan. And during training, before getting demobbed, um, I messed up my right knee. Oh, wow. Tore every okay. ligament in my right knee. Um, had to have reconstruction knee surgery, went through six months of therapy, surgery, and then another six to eight months of therapy. Oh it was a blessing gosh. in disguise because at the time I was like, man, I'm not going to be with my battle buddies. And mom and dad were happy because they're like, hell yeah, you're not going to war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but at, inside me, I was like, no, that's where I'm supposed to be with my battle buddies, things like that. Um, ultimately, that didn't go. And the Army uh, ended up saying, well, we no longer need you. So we're getting you out. So I was like, oh, snap. Okay. So now I'm back to square one. I joined the army because college I figured wasn't for me. So now I'm back to day one. I don't know what the heck I'm gonna do again. Um, this whole time I'd been cutting hair, nothing crazy, like two, three people, myself. Did you, cut, you start it with your own hair? Yeah, started with yeah. my own hair. Yep, started yeah. with my own you hair. You got the clippers of like, hey, Rick, just hit yep. me up. <laughs> yeah, started with my own hair when I was about 15, 16. Um, and then just gradually continued with it. So when I got out the army, a couple of my buddy was like, hey, can I come to your house for a haircut? I was like, yeah, for sure. He came over, and uh, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, she, we're kind of talking. She's like, what do you plan to do with your life? Uh, I'm like, I have no clue. Like, I'm going to be a Walmart door greeter, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when he came over, he left, and she's like, why don't you go to school to be a barber? And I was like, a barber? Yeah. Like, haircuts at the time were like six or seven bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, if I want to have a family, how am I supposed to survive off of that? Right. And she's like, look. Fortunately for me, the army continued to pay me for one year when I got out. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. So uh, she said, look, you're in a really good position. You can go to school full time. You're still getting paid and you can use your GI bill to go to school. Right. So I'm like, wow, I never thought about it like that. So I said, you know what? I'm not doing anything anyways. Let me just give it a shot. So I went to barber school, loved everything about barber school. I was like, man, this is really cool. Uh, I didn't think much of it. Got out. My little sister knew a friend of her co a friend her, her coworker slash friend husband owned a barbershop, and she said, "Hey, go talk to him. He can get you a job when you finish." I was like, "Okay." So I finished school. I went and talked to him, and he was like, "Yeah, you're hired." I was like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> In the barber industry, it's yeah. super easy to get a job. Yeah, it's kind of like real estate, man. You pass your tests. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. wait, you're breathing. Sweet, you can come work for us. Yeah, <laughs> we're a little bit stricter here, but uh, that's the way most offices are. Yeah, run. yeah. Well, that's I'm real strict too. But, but man, your so your wife. I mean, so as all good men, you listen to a smart woman. Yeah, and they set you on the right path oftentimes. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing how that can happen. Yep. So yeah. uh, she did. We did that. Uh, I finished school. Went and got. Um, so check this out about school. Remember, once again, I told you guys I'm not book smart. When I took my written tests. Back then, you needed a 75 or better to be considered passing. I made a 74. Oh, oh man. Three times. <laughs> my fourth time, I finally passed with a 76. There you go. Awesome. That's, the, that's the written portion, right? 
I'm telling you, I'm just when it comes to books and stuff, that's just not me. But when we went and took the practical, which is the hands-on version, I took it in McAllen, Texas, and even the lady was shocked when she when she gave me the paperwork. She she gave me my my results with the face down and says, um, "No one's ever done this." And they give it to you <laughs> as you walk out. You can't open it in the building. Yeah, I'm guessing because if you failed, you're gonna get really pissed off. At yeah, person, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take so the I razor walk out. outside. I look at it, and it's a 100. That's holy yeah. moly. And I look back at her, and she opens up the door, and she's like, "You did everything right. You did not make one mistake." That's right. Sometimes like, it's gifted, man. That is awesome. Wow. So I was like, "Heck yeah!" My dad's my <laughs> model, so I was super stoked. Showed my dad. He's like, "I knew you could do it, right?" He's super proud of me. So. uh yeah, so I ended up getting that shop job at the shop. Um, it was called Fade City Barbershop. Worked at it for about a total of about a year. But at about month six, I show up to the shop. And honestly, a lot of people thought I was the owner because I was the first one there, last one to leave. Yeah, you're working. But I lived literally a block away. Okay. And fortunate for me at that time, haircuts went up to about 12 bucks. So it was a little bit better. Um, funny story about that. When I started... I did. I, I my last month at barber school. I actually got a job. My last six weeks, I got a job at Home Depot, and I didn't quit that job when I started working at the barbershop because I didn't know how barbering was going to work out. Right. Yeah, and it's not totally consistent at the beginning. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because you got to build up clientele, and the only clientele I had was essentially friends and family. Friends and, family. and my dad ain't paying. Yeah, He's the like, occasional... no, I'm not paying for right? <laughs> Yeah, the occasional walk-in. Right? <laughs> so uh, I kept my job at Home Depot, and my first week in the barbershop was Christmas week. Nice. So I did not know that that was not the norm on the type of money you could make. Well, Friday alone, I think with tips and all, I probably walked away with like 400 bucks wow. in one day. Everyone wants to look clean for grandma. Yeah. There you go. So I was making 400 bucks every two weeks at Home Depot. So I'm like, whoa, I made 400 bucks in one day. The next day I made about 300. So I went to Home Depot and I was like, hey, um, I'd never really quit a job before. So I was like, what do I got to do if I want to quit? <laughs> but I actually, I Googled, right? Proper terminology would be resign. Yeah. And they're like, um, when? And I'm like, right now. <laughs> and they're like, uh, just give me a paper saying you want to resign. I was like, you got a paper? So I just wrote them a letter saying I want to resign, right? Because barbering obviously was going to do good. Yeah. Little did I know. That was holiday week. That's not the type of money you make starting off. <laughs> yeah. uh, you kind of put yourself in a hole, but yeah, I did. Yeah, back against the wall, though. Sometimes but, guys do great. Yeah, it was yeah. really good, you know. So I just I was there in the shop all day, all night. Um, about six months into it, well, one story I gotta say is about the restroom. So check this out. Whenever I go talk to barbers and stylists, I always ask first who cleans the restroom in the barbershop without being asked and is not the owner. If I'm speaking to 40 or 50 people, probably around four or five people say, raise their hand. And I always tell them, you guys are going to be the go-getters. You guys are going to be the ones that are going to be killing it and being very successful in this industry. And sometimes the shop owners look at me like, well, why not me? I'm the one that owns the shop. And the reason I say that is because about five, four months into me being at this barbershop, my mom would bring my nephews to get a haircut. And one day she said she needed to use the restroom. And I felt so bad because that restroom was dirtier than a mechanic's restroom, right? Nasty. So I gave my my mom the keys to my house, which was around the block. I said, no, my mom, here, go to to my house. And she's like, why? I was like, because you don't want to use the restroom. (laughs) So that weekend, I took it among myself to clean that restroom. I said, I'm going to go in the shop and I'm going to clean this restroom. So I go, shop doesn't even have cleaning supplies. Oh, man. (laughs) Explains the restroom. (laughs) So I go to HEB, you know, go to the grocery store, get some cleaning supplies. I go back to the shop. I clean it. Well, I cleaned it so good 
that it took the paint off the walls. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a really small restroom, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It's nothing too crazy. Yeah. Really small. Probably like a three by four. Yeah, probably like what we got here. So so then I said, well, now I got to paint this thing, right? So I went to Home Depot, got some oops paint, right? Because I'm like, this ain't my place. Like, yeah. right. no one's paying me for this, but I want to make sure it's better off than when I started. So, you know, my dad's handyman painter, so I think I can paint, right? So I said, I'm going to paint this place. So I painted the restroom, and I was all sudden done. I was like, man, now it looks nice. Well, then the toilet seat was dirty as heck, and I couldn't <laughs> clean it. So I was like, well, now I got to go buy a toilet seat. So I put a new toilet seat on, did all that. Come Tuesday morning, everyone, all the barbers come to the shop. Show, owner shop comes in and says, hey, who cleaned the restroom? They painted it, too. And I was like, me? The did, you very bring, first... did you bring your mom back? <laughs> <laughs> well, she saw it a couple weeks later. But what I was expecting him to say was, well, I'm going to ask you guys. If someone did that for your business, what would you expect for them? The first reaction to say, thank you. Yeah, that was what I was expecting. Unfortunately, that's not what I got. The next reaction, next thing he said was, I'm not paying you for that. Yeah, yeah, I could, I've heard, yeah. I, I could see that. And I was like, I, I didn't ask to be paid, nor did I ask to be reimbursed for what I paid for it. I did it because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. I just right. want a place for my mom to go to the restroom. Man. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that was it. So uh, I say that because I firmly believe that the man upstairs was telling me and guiding me and telling me, hey, if you're willing to do the nastiest thing in this place, mm -hmm. I will make you king of this place. Just be patient with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well... Three months later, I show up to the barbershop, and there's an eviction notice on the door. Ugh. Oh, my God. We're evicted. I call the owner. He doesn't answer. I text him. He doesn't answer. Then the landlord comes out and says, hey, this is how much money he owes me. I was like, okay, I'm trying to get a hold of him. He's not answering. And he said, okay, well, just FYI, I don't expect him to pay me because he hasn't paid me in six months. So oh. I highly doubt he's going to give me the money. Wow. But if you give me the money, the place is yours and everything in it. Oh, wow. And That's I right, because all the stuff stays. Yeah. 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 And I'm like. Wow, which off the back is the business side. I, but granted, I had no business at the time, right? <laughs> I was just like, wow, this sounds amazing because I had that money. But there was a number two guy in the shop. And I say number two because he started it with the owner. Oh, yeah, He's not yeah. owner, but was there from day one. Yeah. And I said, that wouldn't be right of me. That's, I wouldn't, I would, just morally and ethically, I didn't think that was right. So I called the number two guy and told him exactly what happens. And he's like, okay, give me an hour and I'll call you. He's like, rip off that paperwork off the door because the dummy put it on the outside, not the inside. Yeah. Right. So I just ripped it off so customers wouldn't know we were evicted yeah. or nothing. So uh, I go home. And about an hour later, number two guy calls me. He's like, hey, come back to the shop. I said, okay, cool. We go back. I said, what happened? He's like, I paid the landlord, so shop's mine now. I was like, okay, what about pay? He's like, everything stays the same. I said, okay, cool. I'm, I don't, I'm cool with that. Well, then about six months after that, you know, everything's going fine. I'm still working for him. Six months later, I tell him, hey, I think I want to open up my own barbershop. I'm just giving you a heads up. I'm saving up, and I'm going to save probably for about another six months, and then I'm going to bounce and open up my own thing. And he's like, why? And I was like, because I want to be owner of something. Right. Right? And he said, how much money do you have saved up? I gave him a number, and he said, if you give me that, this place is yours. <laughs> and I said, why? He said, Rick, it's being a business owner is difficult. Yeah. I didn't realize it. He yeah. said, but I got bills at home. I got bills here. It's difficult. It's not as easy as it looks, but I think you're responsible. And at the time, it was just me, Rosie, no kids. So he's like, I think you have the time to do it. I was like, for real? What about you? He's like, I'm going to work for you now. Yeah. That's, I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. That's, that's a big dude, man, to be able to admit that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of guys that just so rather I'm like, okay, shut it down. When you want to do this? He's like, now. <laughs> I'm like, all right. 
So I literally just wrote up a contract and I made sure that I was pretty detailed as to what was included and everything like that. I bought it. He stayed working for me for a good two years until he moved to San Antonio. Um, I, I went in that weekend, me, Rosie, and my dad, and we remodeled the shop. Remodeled meaning just cleaned the floors up really nice and then painted it. I just did the bathroom thing, just bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I kept the name. I didn't change the name until about a week later. I got wind that the original owner said the only reason we were successful is because of his name. Oh, yeah. That pissed me off. <laughs> number one, I hated the name to start off with, Fade City. I think that's so stupid, right? Fade City. Like, you don't fade a city. I don't know. Anyways. It's yeah. <laughs> um, so, very 80s sounding. So because of that, I said, you know what? I'm going to change the name. So I literally just went to Google and just typed <laughs> in barbershop names. Yeah. And one of them was Flawless Cuts Barbershop. And I limited it to about 10 of them and asked the barbers that were working for me, which ones do y'all like? And we agreed on Flawless Cuts Barbershop. But I didn't like cuts. Cuts, yeah. So I just took out cuts and called it Flawless Barbershop, and that's how it began. Yeah, how many years ago was this? That was uh, January. we make 12 years. Jeez, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's now, Flawless crazy. is synonymous with good haircuts. It is. Well, a good barbershop. Yeah. 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 It's... Not only that, I mean... Uh, Nationwide now, you know, because of the traveling oh, that yeah. I do. I'd even say international wise, you'd say flawless, anything to do with flawless barbering, everyone knows it has to do with Rick Morini. Yeah, so you grew the That's shop, awesome. you've, you've kind of gone from a few locations, finally mm -hmm. got to, to where you're at now. So, how, at what point did did you become a wall educator? How'd that get? Yeah, get going? so I was uh, barbering oh. for about five years, and then I went back to barber school to get my instructor's license. Okay, nice. So, when I did that, um, during that time when I was getting my instructor's license, I uh, saw a picture of a female barber with a background like a huge photo drop of Wall. And Wall is a clipper brand. Yeah. And it's the clippers that I've always used. So I, uh, I just messaged her on Facebook and I was like, hey, that backdrop's really dope. Where can I get a picture like that? And she's like, oh, it's at the Premier Hair Show in Orlando. And I'm like, oh. Hair show. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that was my exact like hair show, you think Paul Mitchell, you think? I'm you like, what, runway. What, what's that, a hair show? And she's like, oh, it's a big hair show, barber thing. Da, da, da. I was like, I didn't even know these things existed, right? And I was like, well, maybe one day I'd like to go out there and do this. Uh, I said, I love Wall. And she's like, hey, we'll apply to be an educator. And she sent me a, the application. Wow. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> right? So I applied and um, sent in the info. And then where they get you, now it's, I mean, when I did it, it was difficult. But now, man, we make, it's really gruesome. It, it's it's a real gruesome uh, process now. When I did it, it was it was gruesome, but not as bad, right? So I sent in an application, and then I get the email. Hey, Rick, we got your application, yada, yada, yada. Um, now we need a video of you cutting hair, three minutes long, cutting short hair and long hair with clippers. Hmm. Well, everyone knows people, you don't cut long hair with clippers. You use shears. You use scissors right. for clippers, right, for long hair. So I said, all right, well, now i got to figure out how to cut long hair with clippers. So I literally went to YouTube. <laughs> That's right. It's the best tool, man. Yeah. Went to YouTube. I was like, oh, I could do that. Okay, cool. Um, granted, by this time, I was already doing YouTube. Like, that's how it all started, by me doing YouTube, uh, making videos, haircut tutorial videos, just putting them online. So when they asked for a video, I was like, I wasn't shy in front of the camera. I had already been a year and a half, two years of making videos. So, and that's what gets a lot of people. When you put a camera on them, they freeze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and just in principle, it's that whole, you prepare now for things. You get skills you, just to start obtaining. I mean, you don't know you're going to need them later. But when your opportunity comes, 
and you're ready. You're ready for it. You had that year and a half of experience. You're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Versus, oh, I need to practice in front of a camera the next. It, I need to get a year's worth of experience in the next three days. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what I did. I made the video as if I was just making another YouTube video. And, and you can go to YouTube now and just type in Rick the People's Barber. And that's the way I started. I was like, what up, y'all? It's your boy Rick, a.k.a. the People's Barber. That's exactly how I started. I said, you know what? I'm not going to change. Any, I'm not going to try to sound professional. Right. I'm going to be exactly who I am. I'm going to be real with it. Yeah. So that's what I did in the video. And I submitted it and sent it in. And uh, it took, it was about a six to nine month process on the yeah. whole ordeal um, to finally get the call. And then I was at Home Depot. It was funny, right? Home Depot back to the <laughs> I'm telling you. The beginning of everything. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the only place so, I can use Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at Home Depot and I get a call and it was, her name was Laura. And, uh, and she's the in charge. Now she's at, at the time she was the um, U.S. director for education. Now she's global director so she's in charge of all the education across the entire world now nice so she calls me she's like hey rick we just want to give you a heads up you know there's 14 people on the education team and i was like no ma'am like i knew everyone on the team right i was like last i checked there was 13 and she's like yeah you're the 14th member congratulations oh, nice. and i'm like thank you so much right and she's like i expected a little more enthusiasm from you and i said I'm at Home Depot, but if I was at home, I'd be screaming up the top of my lungs. You're like crazy man in aisle three, crazy man in toilets. Yeah, so uh, so then that's how it started. And then they're like, hey, can you come in August? I think this was like June or July. They're like, can you come in August and um, meet with us, meet with the owner, and uh, just do a formal interview with you? I was like, yeah, for sure. So at this time, did you have kids already? No kids still. No kids still. still okay. No kids. And Rosie was like, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So Rosie's like, oh, I'm so happy for you, right? So I flew to Chicago, I met with the owner, and it's funny because I still remember one of the questions I asked him. He's like, you have any questions for me? After he asked me a bunch of questions, I said, I got one question. He said, what's that? I said, what do I gotta do to get fired? And he That's looked a good at question, me actually. kinda like, what? Like, no one's ever asked that. He said, why would you ask that? I said, I wanna make sure I don't do that. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I love this, I wanna keep this job. <laughs> this is a, a great opportunity that I've been given. And I want to make sure that this stays. And then he told me a couple of things. Well, just don't do this. Just don't do this and the other. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's common sense. He's right. like, unfortunately, common sense isn't very common anymore. Yeah, that's not common <laughs> practice, right? Yeah. So at this point, did you know going into it what in, that entailed, the travel and all the stuff? Not, not that just, much. I just knew that I may go and fly on a plane somewhere and do something, right? Yeah. So I joined the Army because I thought I was going to see the world. I saw <laughs> South <right>. Carolina, <laughs> Pueblo, Colorado. And Fort Hood, Colleen, Texas. Yes. <laughs> My first three months with Wall, I'd probably seen seven states in, wow. in three months, right? Like now, I think, honestly, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but I know I've been to probably 40, 45 states. Right, and yeah. plus numerous countries. Yeah, numerous countries as well, yep. Yeah, that's so crazy. So do, do you, So when you go for Wall, you're basically <clears throat> like a, a Wall ambassador, teaching people how to use their equipment, their, you know, the, yes and no. Or how's that work? Uh, the word ambassador, because we actually do have wall ambassadors, okay. right? So wall ambassadors are just people who um, we uh, send free products to, and they do a review and then just give their review on social media for people to see. I'm an actual educator for them, so I'm an employee of them. Okay. So there are now, I want to say there's about 19 of us, 19 or 20 of us on the team. Yeah, so there's about 19 or 20 of us that we travel all over the world teaching classes and seminars about our tools and why our tools are more effective than the competitors. Yeah, and then also uh, haircutting techniques. And, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it really is an art form. It is. I think, 
if you've never been to an actual barber shop, it's so much different than going to Supercuts or, Very true. or the, the, whatever the name brand place you want to go to. Because I remember going to high school, to, I think it was Jasper's <laughs> over at the boardwalk. Yeah. And I was like, it was just so different. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think people don't fully embrace the fact that it's, it's not just your traditional. So we'll get back to the wall educator thing. I had to ask this question though. So the movie barbershop, <laughs> like, it's so true. It's so true. Right? It yeah. It's funny because people who have never came to a barbershop walk in and you can see their face. And I kind of look at them and I was like, what's up? And they're like, this is just like the movie. Yeah, Cause there's people there hanging out. There's people. Yeah. 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 That's we're funny. Just clowning. And I'm, I'm, I'm the clown. I'm the one that's making fun of everybody. And it is, I'm, and it's, it, it's bad, right? Because I, you, it may be your first time in there. But I'm gonna make fun of you if there's something to make fun of you. Right? And I'm just like, man, that's not really good customer service. Yeah, it's like sitting in the front row at a comedy show. Yes, don't, don't do it. There's one customer, uh, Jalen, right? Oh, so he's young. I've been cutting his hair since he was probably nine, right? He's oh, wow. like 16 or 17 now. He's gonna graduate this year. But I, the cool thing now, I mean, I'm, I'm not cool, right? But the cool thing is for them to wear like hot pink and like crazy shorts, like ripped shorts that are kind of really <laughs> fitted for a man, right? So he walks in, <laughs> he walks in the other day and I'm like, hey, Jay, you got your sister's shorts on? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone starts laughing and his mom starts laughing, right? And, and then I'm, I finally cut his hair and one of the other moms asked his mom, is that his uncle? <laughs> and his mom's like, no, that's just his barber. <laughs> She's like, he talks to him like that. He's like, he's been cutting his hair since he was nine. Yeah, it's like family. Oh, yeah, that's kind of. I guess you're at the position too. You get to see these kids grow up. Oh yeah, and they're coming back as men. Yeah, and eventually. Yeah, like his, I'm, I feel old be... because I cut people who now have kids. Yeah, you're cutting and I'm kids cutting here. The kids here now. Oh, yeah, and I'm like, damn. When I get really old, I'm gonna be cutting like grandkids then. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, I've sold houses to my clients' kids, and that's like, oh, I've been way too long <laughs> doing this. Yeah. So, so and cool. You're a locals list winner too. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. won the uh, the yeah. locals list, the the Ben Magazine locals list best barbershop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cool. It's a cool. Did you go yeah. to the party? We didn't go this year. Oh, uh, it was, it was yeah. pretty good, man. No, we missed it this year. Yeah. yeah. But last month's magazine, they actually had me a person of interest as well. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good article about yeah. you too. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, man, I was like, I was gonna cut it out, sign it, and send it to, to Rick. You know, Donald <laughs> Trump does that, right? That was he, one of his things. He would sign. He would take an article for somebody, sign it. Donald Trump and send it to the person to say, Hey, I read this about you. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my that's gosh. cool. Cause I, yes, <laughs> he's yeah, that it's kind of funny. Uh, but so where was the first place that wall sent you like out of the country that you're like, okay, this is just, this is crazy that I'm going here. Uh, out of the country was Mexico city. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. With us being from South Texas, it doesn't sound too crazy. Right. But um, Mexico City is like the New York of Mexico. Oh yeah, eight million plus people or something oh, like that. Oh, it is nuts. Yeah, there are people all over the place. It is crazy. So that show is not only uh, Mexico City, but it's the biggest hair show I have ever done. Wow. There is a hundred and fifty thousand people at this <laughs> event. Oh my god. Yes, right. So here's the norm for an American hair show. It's Sunday and Monday. Sunday from nine to six. Monday from nine to five. In Mexico, it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. <laughs> Is it there is. a siesta in the middle or something? Well, that's the thing, right? So come around, because my wife, fortunately, she was able to go with me at that time. So she went with me and um, come around 1230-ish, 1 o'clock, 
I'm like, hey, can you go get me some lunch, right? Because I'm working, cutting hair on stage and everything. She's like, yeah, for sure. She goes, gets lunch. We eat real quick, and I go back to work. Then around 3.30, they come, Rick, you hungry? And I'm like, sure, I already ate. And they're like, oh, we forgot. You're from America. You guys eat lunch around 12 or 1. It's like, no, in Mexico, we eat lunch around 3 or 4. But they eat dinner like 10 or 11 at yeah, night. Yeah, that's a different oh, world. It's like wow. Spain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what my family is. That we eat lunch at 3. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe my mom. Here, there you go, mom. I'm more Mexican than you think I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, Mexico City was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. You were in India not too long ago. Yeah, last November. Did five days in India. How was that? That that's... was, uh, it was, uh, it was an experience, that's for sure. <laughs> so, getting out there, um, it's just, it's a long flight, obviously, yeah. right? Well, it's 18 hours, 20 hours. Yeah, I think it was Corpus, Dallas. I think I went Dallas straight. To, no, I went somewhere. I don't remember where, right? But I know I went Dallas somewhere and then from that place to Mumbai, India. Um, that that airport is crazy big. And then I you got to remember, I'm landing. I don't know if my phone's going to work. Fortune for me, it did. But I'm. It's. I land at two in the morning. Oh wow! And a strange nation. Where and, you I, and I have no clue what hotel I'm staying at. They gave me the info, but I don't know, right? Yeah. And I, I'm like, I don't know. Those people talk English. There's someone supposed to pick me up. <laughs> so I call my point of contact, and they're like, Yeah, they're there. They're there, right there. And I'm like, No, like there's, there's. A, that's the way Mexico City is. When you walk out the airport, there's just thousands of people yeah. holding a sign or saying if you need a cab or anything like that. Same way as India. So I'm like, I don't know who the heck I'm looking for, man. Like, no, no one's got a sign that says Rick Morin or nothing, right? Yeah. Like, they're like, no, 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 he doesn't have that. He has the hotel information. I'm like, sure. I see a lot of hotels here. <laughs> is it English or is it? Ultimately, I just said, you know what? I'm going to stay right here by the security guard and just tell your guy to come get me. Yeah, that's probably the safest And bet. I just did that. And he came and got me about 20 minutes later. He found me. Oh Took me to God. the hotel. Really nice hotel. You know, it was a Hilton. Um Slept for a couple hours, and Sunday I had a day of relaxation, which I flew in Saturday, and that was a Sunday. Yeah, you need that, though, because yeah. that time yeah, change time is change, Yeah, brutal. definitely. So Sunday, um, the point of contact, she came pick me up, and she's like, hey, you want to be a tourist? I was like, hell yeah. So she took me around, checked out a whole bunch of stuff, really cool, and then Monday we went straight to work. Yeah, driving there is Driving there is similar to China. different sport. Maybe. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Nuts. It's cr like, you think Mexico's bad? Mexico is good compared, like, the traffic is so nuts. So he met, from my hotel to the convention center was probably, if I had to guess, four miles. And that would take us, going over there wasn't bad, would take us maybe 20 minutes. Coming back, two hours. <laughs> You're oh better off God. walking. Two hours. That's what I said, I said, I'll just walk over there. Like, it was nuts. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen the Gabriel Iglesias special? Yes. When he talks about cow, <laughs> the so cow true. comes out. So what I, on my last day there, fortunate for me, it was my last day, right? Because, um, you know, their, their religion doesn't allow me some foods and things like that. Well, I didn't know 80-some percent of the country is vegetarians. Wow. Yes. So to me, I just told them, order what you would order. That's the way I go when I go to other countries. Order what you would order if I wasn't here. Yeah, let me eat I want to experience what you yeah. experience. Yeah, let me eat it and then tell me what it is once I finish. And they're <laughs> That's like, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> so we did that, right? And to me, honestly, it all just vegetable stew, just different colors. Yeah, yeah. like it all tasted the same. Although they had something, I don't know what it was called, but it looked it was a fat tortilla, and it was great. <laughs> they were really good, right? Um, but one the last day we were there, we went to a restaurant. They said, Rick, what do you feel like eating? And I was like, once again, whatever y'all want. They said, well, do you want some type of chicken or beef? And I was like, sure. no, they didn't say beef. They did not say yeah. beef. They said chicken. <laughs> I was like, sure, chicken's fine. So we did the chicken, right? And then they're talking about, 
when they had this type of food or that type of food. And we had already drank probably around four or five beers. So now they're getting a little loose, right? <laughs> and one of the guys, because I was like, hey, guys, there's bacon at my hotel. Oh, my God. I said, there's bacon. And they're like, oh, you like bacon? I was like, well, I'm not eating it. They said, oh, you don't like bacon? I said, no, I love bacon. But I think it's a hoax, bro. I think if I eat that, like, alarm's going to go off or something. <laughs> like, I'll get arrested or something. They're like, no, no, You're no. You're not in no. Iraq, man. And I'm like, man, no one's eating the bacon. So I don't want to be the guy to eat that bacon. I said, I'm just telling you, there's bacon at my hotel. And then one of the guys is so funny. I tried bacon. And then his friends look at him like, what? He's like, I was in the U.S. one day. And I tried bacon. And they're like, no, you didn't. He's like, it was great. It was on top of a hamburger. <laughs> it's a bacon burger. Said, I went to L.A. and tried bacon. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And they're really funny, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're hilarious. They're hilarious. Yeah, well, I've heard. One of the guys, right, he was the head honcho. And he would talk. And then I would have to ask the other guy. I said, what did he say? He said, Rick, he talked in English. <laughs> I said, I didn't understand a word that dude said. No, need some subtitles, man. I said, I'm sorry, sir. Your, your, your accent is so thick. I didn't understand nothing that you said. Well, when we were eating dinner that day, I said, uh, they're talking about, he talked about bacon and everything. And they had mentioned something. I don't remember what, but they were talking about a type of food that they would eat that was out of the norm. And I was like, oh, well. You know, us being Hispanic and whatnot, I said, oh, well, we barbacoa. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, cow's head. Like, we eat the cow's head. <laughs> yeah. And then all of them, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, crap. Rick offended the entire country. <laughs> I'm like, crap, I forgot they don't eat cows. Cows are holy. <laughs> That's the term holy cow, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I'm getting hungry. Barbacoa sounds really I know. Good. I'm really it's like when you're a kid and you find out what barbacoa is, you're like, wait, wait, what? What I always thought it was brains. I, I was like, I, I'm eating cow brains? Or like, no, no, it's all the meat on the cow's head. Yeah. I was like, okay. Once I got past that, I was like, okay. Well, <laughs> it's like one of my favorite was, things. The tongue. The tongue. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you can eat cheek good. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's a different one. So, and then you've been to China. <laughs> yeah. Which the food there is just different. Way different. <laughs> I've been to Hong Kong yeah. twice, and that, was, that was an absolute blast. Yeah, China, but, we did a, uh, did a 21 day tour, four city tour. Wow. Yeah, that oh was really gosh. cool. So I went, I went to uh, Ningbo, Shanghai, Chengdu, and Beijing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool experience. Awesome. So same thing. Once, well, that was actually the first international, minus Mexico, that I went to. So when I went there, I told them the same thing. They're like, Rick, what do you want to eat? And I was like, order whatever y'all would order if I wasn't here. They're like, but you're here. It's different. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why is it different? They said, because you are a guest. Mm. I said, okay, well, order is if you order if a guest was here. Right. Well, every restaurant in, in China has a lazy Susie in the center, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, it's family style. Yeah, family style. Everything. Now I know why Chinese restaurants serve you so much. Yeah, it's, it's designed to be. Because it's not meant for just fat Americans. You're supposed to share that with your family, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say it's 24 or 27. When they have a guest, the 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 the, um, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The tradition mm -hmm. when you have a guest eating with you is to order 24 or 27. I don't remember which one's plates. Hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, was it dim sum? Like the the steamed baskets? Well, yeah, yeah, but they, they, they all types of stuff. All types right? of okay. Yeah. So 24 oh, wow. to 27 di different types of plates, different types of food. So I was already full, and food is still coming out. Yeah, because they oh they gosh. eat weird. Like when I when I had I went Christmas dinner in Hong Kong, and I ordered pork chops and mashed potatoes. I'm like 19, mashed potatoes and a salad and steamed rice and all this stuff. But they bring it to you 
one by one. Yes. It's not like, yeah. here's, yeah. here's your salad. Okay, that's normal. But then here's your pork chop. And I was like, where's the rest of it? So I kind of held on to everything, and the guy's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I want it all together. And he's like, we don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it was just the strangest thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, so at about day four, I told them, hey, why are you guys ordering so much food? They said, because this is our the tradition. We ordered 24, 20, I don't remember what it was, right? 24, 27 plates. I was like, but a lot of it is going to waste. Like, what are they doing with it? Y'all ain't taking it home. They're like, no, yeah. we don't even live in this city. We're traveling with you, Rick. And I'm like, so it's getting thrown out, like thrown away. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, can we stop? Can yeah. we just like order like maybe six, maybe eight if we need yeah. another one? Right. And they're like, whoa, that's not tradition. I'm like, yeah, but we're wasting. This is really wasteful, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we grew up, you know, obviously not with much, so we didn't waste nothing. So I was like, and they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we would do that. One really cool story is, my first day of training, well, not training, but training the people. There's the, so it was a way we did it was we did a, the very first day was a two hour look and learn. So for two hours, I just cut hair, showed them some techniques. Then the next two days was two hours of look and learn. And then like four or six hours of hands-on where they actually cut hair as well. And I was walking around with it. Well, but between the look and learn and the hands-on, we would have like a 30 minute intercession. So the very first seminar I taught was in Ningbo. In that intercession, it's crazy how it's set up, but that it's not even really a barber school. It's just some type of place that they rented out. Anyways, had a bar inside there. Uh, so I was going, and I'm a yeah. beer never, guy, right? Never a problem. <laughs> so I was going and, and looking at, the bar was closed, but they just had the beer there, like on display. So I was looking, I was like, man, I've never seen that beer before. Man, I've never seen that beer before. And they're like, you want a beer? And I'm like, um, sure. Yeah, but we're working. No, 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 you can have a beer. Which one do you want? I'm like, that one. And they're like, okay. And it was like from England or something, right? So I drank that beer. And so then we went back to work. And then after work at dinner, we would drink beer. And then the next day, the break again, we would drink a beer. This went on for like a week. So I would drink one or two beers during the break. (laughs) Then we would eat dinner and drink beer. And then uh, finally, I told my interpreter, her name was Betty. I said, Betty, you guys like beer, huh? She's like, she chuckles. I said, what? She's like, they're doing it because they think you like beer. I, like, I do like beer, but we don't drink beer when we work. And I was drinking it because I thought that was what y'all did. <laughs> Rick starts new traditions in China. <laughs> and she said, no, Rick, they said Americans like beer. So Americans drink beer when they get off of work. I said, yeah, but not during work. Yeah, no, we, get, we do it after work. Yeah. After. Okay, from here on out, no more beer during work, only after work. <laughs> yeah, we have a... A strict five o'clock policy at the office here, so yeah. <laughs> no, no drinking beer on on, on the uh, during the work day. Wow! So twenty one days in China, though that's yeah. at that point you had kids. Oh yeah. So how did Rosie take that? Oh, Rosie's like, well, I don't know if this opportunity is gonna come back. She's like, you gotta do it, and I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, you gotta do it. And I'm like, okay. Fortunately for us, we've got really good help. So her cousin. Um, came over and stayed at the house and helped out with the kids, picking up from school, taking yeah. practice if one or the other needed it. So, yeah, we've got some really good family help. So they helped out. Um, Ricky at the time was pro- he's eight now. He was probably, if I had to guess, around four. Four. So yeah, I think it was just Ricky and Kahi at the time. I don't think Layla was born yet. Oh yep. my gosh! Wow. I mean, it's a supportive wife. That's a huge. It's a huge yes. deal for you. So, oh, yeah. so we're at now. The thing we got to touch on is the Barber Expos that you've started. Because I don't know if you know this, Jen. Rick started his own 
Mega Barbara <laughs> Expo. I guess it's called the Texas Barber Show. Texas Barber Expo. Expo. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I seen it on Facebook. You're all about social media. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. Right? Rick's big on big yeah. on social media. Yeah. So we started. Uh, well, I started the Texas Barber Expo. So I obviously already got with Wall. I'm traveling the world, teaching classes and seminars at barber events, hair shows, and stuff like that. And was coming back to Texas. I was like, man, Texas doesn't have nothing. Right. We don't have nothing like this. I wonder why. I wonder why. Someone needs to do this. Someone needs to do this. Well, probably after about a dozen times of me saying this, Rosie, my wife, ends up saying, well, then you do it. Right. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's and your I wife's literally awesome. created the very first one in four weeks. Oh, that's awesome. And it was here in Corpus. We had the very first one in Corpus Christi. And in four weeks, we uh, sold 15 vendor booths. Um, I had approximately 60 barbers competing. Amongst nice. Different yeah, categories. the competition part brings people together. Yep. They're like, I want to see this and I want to be a part yep. of it. And uh, we had 800 people show up. Wow. Wow. Jeez, and a couple man. fly, not a couple, but probably about two dozen fly from out of state. Wow. That's huge, man. All in four weeks. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I didn't know. That's that. not a lot of lead time, no, man. No, <laughs> it was not a lot at all. But I was like, no, I could do it. And literally, I had to. So I went and reserved one ballroom. And said, yeah, this is good. It was probably at 2,000 square feet. And then when we started selling more tickets, I said, can you make this bigger? They said, sure, we can make it up to 8,000. I said, no, 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 that's too big. 4,000. Can you do 4,000? They said, yeah, we can do 4,000. I was like, great. And then we sold more vendor booths and more barbers competing and more tickets. I was like, yeah, I think I need 8,000 square feet now. For your first oh, event? Very first one. That is awesome. Yeah. So, wow. so what is it in you that just says, I'm going to do this? And then do you just have sheer belief that it's going to happen or do you? I'm the type of guy that the what if will never kill me. So you're not worried about if it, if it, if it fails, I don't if care. If it fails, you don't care. You yeah, tried, right? That I did is it. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the type. If it fails, oh, oh, well, what did I lose? Money? I'll make it back up again. Yeah, that's true. So uh, because you have those and you have party buses. Like yeah. <laughs> Which is a whole other part of the podcast that's in its own, fun. like party bus confessions. <laughs> but so you got that and then you got the expos and then you got your own hair supplies. Yeah, yeah. Which is called what? Oh, flawless. Flawless. Yeah. It's a pomade? Yeah, we got a pomade. You know, we got some straight razors, some hair grippers, fade brushes. Um, the only thing that's really consumer is would be the pomade. Everything else is more towards barbering and stylus. Mm. Well, Rick, you have such a, like a, a successful story. And um, if anybody's listening, um, what would you say? <laughs> Hopefully somebody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> somebody needs to be listening out there. Um, what would you say? Would, is there anything that you would say to anybody that's um, fresh in the business? Uh, anybody that's, I guess, looking for some hope or, you know, barbershop wise? What would, or any business for or that anybody, matter. Anybody, yeah. yeah. Um, anything that you would do different? Anything that you would do the same? Um, what would you say now, looking back from all those years? Different-wise, I wouldn't do anything different, um, obviously because what I did worked, right? right? Um, but I think a lot of people nowadays, and, and I may be wrong, I may be wrong, but I think people nowadays want things to be given mm -hmm. um, and don't want to be able to work for it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a hard worker. Um, my dad always said, you know, he was like, I'd rather you work with your hands inside than outside. Because my dad was, he's like, I mean, the jack of all trades. He can do anything, right? right? So uh, I think it'd be more like the, people just have to believe in themselves, right. essentially. You know, just believe that you – there's that saying that if you if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Yeah. Right. And that's essentially what I live off of. Like, if, if I've – I've never failed. I'm, I mean, I'm fortunate enough that I've – honest to God, I've never failed. And even my friends are like, dude, everything you touch is turns to gold. Why? And I was like, because I put 100 in it. I give yeah. it my all. 
when we started the party bus, we started the party bus six months to a year after I started the barbershop. And the only reason we started the party bus is because I had a lot of money saved up, not from barbering. While I was barbering, I also did a newspaper route that a lot of people don't know about. What? Yep. So while I was barbering, that's, I that's got a commercial cool. newspaper route. Commercial is the way to go. If you want to get a newspaper route, do commercial. Yeah, delivering to the newspaper. Uh, it's because it's delivering the to the stripes, the, 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 stripes, the HEBs, the barbacoa places, you know, stuff like that. So barbacoa again. again. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to stripes after this. <laughs> so uh, I, I did that, and uh, it sucks, right? Because it's like from 1 to 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, it's early. It's prime time. Right yeah. when you hit that perfect sleep, yeah. you got to get up and go, right? And to be honest, I did it for about three weeks. And then I said, this sucks. But I was making like 400 bucks a week. Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in literally 14 hours a week type number. Yeah, it's because nobody else wants to do it. Yep. But fortunate for me, that week, that fourth week when I said, I'm not going to do this no more. Like, this sucks. Uh, at the church, Pastor Bill had that uh, business expo. Oh, yeah. And oh, during wow. that business expo is when he said, if you've got a business that's going great, but you don't want to do it, hire young and pay well. That's one thing I took away from that. I said, Damn, it's like this dude's talking straight to me, right? <laughs> and I wasn't as involved. In, we'd literally only been going to the church like six months at the time, right? So I didn't know nobody. So I was like, hire young and pay well. And this was back then. went to Craigslist, right? Yeah. So I just went in Craigslist at uh, paying $150 to $200 a week, 14 hours a week is all you have to work. That's all I right. put. Hit me up if interested, looking for college kids. A mom hit me up. Several yeah. people hit me up, but a mom hit me up and said, my son's a freshman in college and he wants this job. And I was like, can you have him call me? Yeah. <laughs> so he hit that's, me that's up. That's such a thing for modern yeah. day. Yeah. So, so he hit me up and he went on. I took him three days and he's like, yeah, I can do it. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I said, okay, 150 bucks a week. But the more newspapers we sell, the more I can pay you. Right. So it's just really going to vary, but I'll pay you minimum 150 a week. I said, it's about 12 bucks an hour, you know, 11, 12 bucks. And, that was 12 years ago. And he was like, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, okay. That's great. So he did it for me. So I was paying him 150 I was pocketing 300 250 to 300 a week to do nothing. And I was like, hell yeah, this is what business people do. Yeah. Even though, you know, it was like $1,000 a month. But to me, that was a lot of money then. So I saved every single penny. I didn't yeah. touch it at all for like three years, right? Two, three years. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, we probably had about $25,000 <laughs> saved in that account. And then... Uh, one of my customers came and got a haircut, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to rent a party bus for my 21st birthday. I said, what in the world is a party bus? <laughs> he said, it's like a limo, but in a bus. And, and it's I'm got like, a support pole in the middle. <laughs> Stabilizer. Stabilizer, yeah. yeah. And I said, uh, we have those in Corpus? He said, no. I said, where are you getting it from? He said, San Antonio. I said, what are you paying for something like that? He said, $3,000 for the night. What? I said, Holy that must be one hell of a party. I said, are you out of your mind? He said, well, they have to charge me for the travel time to Corpus and then the travel time back. Yeah. And then obviously the time that I have it here. And I'm like, so if Corpus had one, would you pay a thousand dollars a night? He said, in a heartbeat, I went home and told Rosie, we're going to do a party bus. <laughs> and that's what's so cool about her, right? This woman right here, I promise you, right? If I told, if I went home tonight and said, Rosie, I want to sell barbershop, party buses, all our houses that we have. Move to freaking Nebraska and grow potatoes. She'd be like, let's grow. Like, you get me a hat, man. She's like, okay. Right? So I told her that, and she's like, all right, what's a party bus? So I explained it to her, and she's like, that sounds cool. So I bought a bus, and I brought it to Corpus, and one of my one of my customers just happened to be a, a car audio guy, so he, he built it for me. 
and then we started renting and we started with the first bus and within three months had that first bus booked every Friday and Saturday for three months straight. Wow. Oh my gosh. So then we bought a second bus and had that bus booked for three months straight. And within one year we had four party buses. Yeah, four now? No, with that, within, we have four now, but we don't run as four no more. But at, within one year we had four party buses. We had the Monopoly for six years. Yeah. No wow. other party bus in Corpus Christi for six years. <laughs> so we murdered it. We yeah. killed it, wow. right? Um, and then competition came, which I always said competition is good for business. Yeah, it's right. a, uh, the Starbucks effect. It makes you better. It makes people start thinking about right. yep. coffee. And... Yep, but I think because we had already established the brand, you know, in the city. So we, we till this day, we do really well. We run around one or two in the norm. We still have four, but I just run normally one or two. What's the, the name? Corpus Christi Party Bus. Simple. Yep. Straightforward. That is awesome. Yep. That's how what's a, so people Google. That's exactly Googling why we, why we did Corpus that. Corpus Christi party bus. When, you, when you're looking for an event, you're going to party. Party bus is in Corpus Christi. Boom. So what's next okay. for you? I don't know. Keeping the kids? Yeah. Keeping the kids going well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just I, I'm cool with, I'm, I'm, I'm content where everything's at now. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Just with the houses now, you know, just I'm cool with real estate, you know. Yeah, it's the long term, long term play. That's, yeah, that is. You know, my goal is to have forty rental houses by forty. I mean, forty, ten by forty. Ten by forty. Yeah, and we're at uh, nine right now. How much time? Close on this other one. Yeah, which hopefully in the next couple of days. Yeah, hopefully in the next uh, couple of days. How old are you now? Uh, Thirty-seven. Oh, you got some 30. time, man. Yep. Hey, yeah. You're young. Yeah. So I get ten by forty, and then the goal after that is one a year. Yeah, that's good. Until forever. Yeah, that uh, and that's. I mean, that's. We we can have a whole separate. <laughs> we'll have a whole separate show on investing in real estate, but it's it is really the long term play, and that's what business people do. Though they, do. they take the business, they take the income, and then they take the income and make a fortune in investments. Yeah, because it's a lot of a lot of people spend the income, and I think that's one thing you're living probably well below your means. Well below. Yeah, but uh, comfortably. Yeah. Because when the, when the crap hits the fan, you don't have to run. Exactly. You just wipe it off and keep going, right? Yeah. Yep. That's what I, you know. Now I um the last I'd say the last two years. I do a lot of speaking engagements for bar. It's mainly barbers because that's who my people are. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I did actually, actually, I did one for uh, Port Royal, um, the resort here oh, in yeah. Port oh, Aransas. Nice. Yeah, they had hit me up and they hit me up just to do some haircuts. And then the day before, the HR lady says, "Hey, Rick, I googled you and uh, you seem to be a pretty good speaker. Uh, can you talk to them about?" I was like, oh, "I've never done an event outside of Barbara. Yeah, I don't know." But the principles are the same. Yeah, know? work is work. Yep. So she gave me some feedback on who the people were and their demographics, and said, "Can you do something to encourage them?" I said, "Of course." So we did and killed it. She loved it. Is this post Harvey. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Post -Harvey. They, man, Port Royal mm -hmm. went through a lot, and they Kendra Kennison did a good job getting yep. through that. So uh, they uh, we did great <laughs> out there, and then uh, so what I do loud is a lot of. Uh, Finance for the barbers. Yeah, the senior. That's right. Money I'm, Mondays. Yep. <laughs> money Mondays. Drop a Money Monday video. You know, because um, barbers, man, they uh, people don't realize this, but barbers and stylists make a lot of money. Yeah. But it's cash. Yeah. So as fast as cash comes, cash just goes just as fast. Yeah. So that's one thing that I try to you know prepare them for that. Hey, look, man, you don't got a four hundred one k. You have to create your own retirement. Make sure to get a Roth IRA. You know, if that if you don't feel, I said I. Crazy as it sounds, I have it. I max it out every year, but I still think when I get sixty, I don't think no money's gonna be there, right? I'm just yeah. like I don't believe this crap, but yeah. I'm gonna do it anyways. That's um, why real estate's good. It's insured. That's and why I can I can drive by and see the house is still there, <laughs> yep. and no matter what the president did today, my house is still there. Yep. So. That's why I feel like yeah. you know, and now reading a lot more. Uh, 
a lot of people who make money invest in real estate. Yeah, it's secure, know? man. And, and I'll always love barbering. Barbering's done a lot for me. Um, that's why I tell everyone, like, that's how I can speak to the barber styles, like, because I'm still a barber. Yeah. And so speaking of that, you only work a few days a week. Yeah, I'm in the shop Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturdays. Yeah. I was like, I went, I was like, I'm going to go online, book a thing for Rick on Tuesday. What? He's not even there. <laughs> yeah. So on my days off, I do VIP cuts, but VIP yeah. is 150 bucks. Yeah, that's right. Oh, but you're yeah. telling me that's, that's a good business though. I mean, yeah. and, and you're worth it. Yeah. See, I think that's one of the things I've learned from watching you over the years. You're one of the few business people I know that knows what you're worth and you're not afraid to charge for it. Yeah. Like people like 150 bucks for a haircut. <laughs> really? And I was yeah. like, well, his customers are willing to pay for it. Yeah. Right. He can charge what you want mm -hmm. to a certain, a certain point yeah. where, yeah, but you give them $150 for the haircut. With the service. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You're taking good care of them. Put that, what's that yep. black stuff you put on your face? Oh, that's the black mask. Oh, I got to go get that. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a mask last night. And it was all. <laughs> I used to do mask when I was in high school. That's probably why I never had a girlfriend. <laughs> so, man, well, Rick, I appreciate you coming on, sharing a little bit about your story. I know there's a ton more that we can. Uh, tell people where they can get your book. Um, you can get it on my website, thepeoplesbarber.com, D-A, people with an S, barber.com. Or Amazon. Okay, very cool. Okay, so we do have to ask that question because you are not necessarily you're flawless, but what people really know you as is the People's Barber. Yeah. And how did that come? Uh, actually, a customer one time years ago, probably I was maybe a barber for about a year or two at the time. It said, "Hey Rick, do you cut any famous people's hair?" And I was like, mm, "No, just you guys, the people, just the regular people. You know, the guy manager at Walmart and you know the." guy making burgers at McDonald's down the street and whatnot. He's like, oh, you're like the people's barber. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah the, the people's barber. Like, they're like, yeah, like Paul Wall is a rapper. Yeah. Houston. Like, like the people's champ. The people's barber. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's me. The people's barber. There we go. And then, uh, so I went and then actually one of my customers made me a logo. I had put the people's barber. Yeah, he's like, do you have a logo? I was like, no. He's like, I'll make you one. I was like, all right, cool. And that's the same logo we use till this day. That's awesome. Wow. That's the definition of raving fans. <laughs> that is so cool. Well, awesome story. yeah, the people's barber, thanks for being on here. Thank you so Continue much. Continue to honor your craft. If you want to check out Rick on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com backslash the people's barber, D-A, people's barber. You can also check out his website at people's, thepeoplesbarber.com. And there you'll find links to his other social media. And you can even uh, book a haircut there. And you can also go to TX Barber Expo to learn more about his Barber Expos uh, coming to your area. So thanks, Rick, for coming on today. As always, if you guys enjoyed the show, please let your friends know. Subscribe. Give us a comment. Share it on social media. We look forward to uh, catching you on the next episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. For Jennifer Valdez and myself, have a good one. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>